The Owner's Box is part of the In The Money Podcast Network. You can always log on to inthemoneypodcast.com where you can follow along. You can subscribe to the free newsletter. And not only do you have the Owner's Box, but also shows such as the Players Podcast, JK Plus One, The Matt Vernier Show, Redboard Rewind, Nick Luck Daily, Talk Racing to Me, In the Ring with Acacia Courtney, and Off Track with Maggie. So lots of great things to listen to. Just head over to inthemoneypodcast.com. Welcome to the Owner's Box. Now, here's Billy Koch and Michelle Yu. Everybody, welcome to another edition of the Owner's Box. I'm Billy Koch, founder and managing partner of the Little Red Feather Racing Club. But you know that, and you know who's with me. It's the great, the talented, the wonderful. I can't say anything else because they'll call me misogynistic. Michelle Yu. Michelle, welcome to the show. Billy, you can lather on all the compliments that you want. I'm never going to be offended by I know compliment. you won't, but like this world we live in is so crazy. If I say you're beautiful, people will literally like call the show and say, what a misogynistic pig. You know what the good news is? Uh, you can't really get fired from your job, I'd say, since you're the founder and the managing partner. You can't fire yourself. <laughs> you never and know. And I'm definitely not taking any action. I could get canceled. You, so I think we're in the clear. I could get canceled. Listen. We're doing a new format on the show. In the old days, we used to talk, me and you, we would banter. Uh, but nowadays, we're getting right to the guest, and then we banter after. So we have a very special guest. He's on the line right now. His name is Philip Shelton. He is the head of Medallion Racing. I don't know if you have a, a, a title, Phil, but welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Do you have Phil, a title? No official, uh, I guess maybe racing manager, but uh, tailor-made, I kind of get lumped into uh, wearing many hats, but but my primary role is definitely um, medallion. So we're we're excited for the next couple of weeks. Well, yeah, as you Phil, should be. Are you so are you? I want to know if Phil's tired of me yet because uh, I followed him to Saratoga. I interviewed him there. He came to Santa Anita. I harassed the crap out of him there, and now he's on my radio show. As long as I just got a rule, like at some point, if we don't win after the interviews, I'm going to stop doing the interviews <laughs> so we can get back in street. <laughs> Ah, but that fair. would be the only uh, – that's the only thing. Other than that, um, I always enjoy it, and I, I definitely enjoy getting out to Santa Anita. It's just a, an absolutely beautiful place and good change of pace from Kentucky. Of course. But the weather in Kentucky has been great, Phil. I mean, this week has been I – mean, I don't want to jinx it, but it's been awesome here. Well, I was, you are going to jinx it because Saturday it's going to be like 58 and rainy. Oh, God. But, yeah, it's been great. It, it, it wasn't uh, – you know, it was – it's always beautiful at Santa Anita, but it's been hot. Uh, yeah, well, we it was 55 with... this morning. No, well, that's good. We like yeah, a little opening, cool off. Opening, yeah, opening weekend it was hot. It's been and it's been unseasonably probably warm in Kentucky, but it's absolutely been beautiful. And you know, I always say like Keeneland in October can be the absolute most beautiful place in the world, or it can be, uh, you know, it can be miserable sometimes too if it drops down into the 40s. Well, I I know that the people tuning into the show don't want to hear us talk about the weather. What they do want to talk about is then they want to learn about where Phil Shelton came from. Give us, before we talk about medallion racing, the, the incredible success you're having, uh, the Breeders' Cup where you're going to have numerous runners in there, it looks like, hopefully knock on wood. Um, let Talk a little bit about yourself. Where, where did where did this uh, uh, fascination with horse racing come from, Phil? So, you know, really, my basically I always tell everybody, I have a twin sister and a brother that's a year younger than me. So there are three of us within 18 months. Um, and so my dad basically loved going to the races, loved handicapping, like, you know, we'd go out to simulcast, but my brother and sister didn't like it. 
So it really just became this opportunity for me to have a lot of one-on-one time with my dad through, through horse racing. And then, you know, it just kind of blossomed from there. You got me a subscription to the blood horse that I can remember going, you know, through every week. And, um, I remember when Mandela won four breeders cup races in 2003, my dad won like 15,000 and it just, I mean, I was, you know, I was 16 years old, my just like blew my mind. And then the very next year, uh, I was telling Billy this story the other day, but I was alive to Antonius Pius and the Superfecta when Singletary <laughs> won the Breeders' Cup mile for like a hundred thousand as a seventeen year old. And we ended oh up winning, gosh. you know, I won like twenty some thousand, me and all my we were seniors in high school. We did a little betting syndicate. And I think all my buddies put up like forty bucks in cash for five hundred dollars. Um, and we just absolutely crushed it. So, so needless to say, yeah, after so, something like yeah. after something like that, you just get hooked. Yeah, and you're but you really I, uh, came into quickly, it from the from the handicapping side rather than you know the, the like my dad owned horses, which is interesting. And and how did that shift when you when you kind of started to make a profession out of it? Yeah, so I would say like a hundred percent from a handicapping perspective. My dad's an attorney, um, never owned any horses. He had some family members by marriage that owned like some very cheap $5,000 claimers and stuff, but nothing at any, any high level. So he knew a guy that worked at Taylor made and Potter um, who he had done some work with his dad in Eastern Kentucky. And we, he basically just reached out and said, Hey, my son, I had a co-op senior year. So I was working at my dad's office. I'd go to school in the morning and then go to my dad's office in the afternoon. And he said, Hey, my son's like the worst employee I have. Can I get him off the books? <laughs> And um, go work at TaylorMade. So I worked the November sale. And I think it was the year it was we had like a Shado maybe who brought $9 million, um, And it just completely opened my eyes to the possibilities in the business, not just from a racetrack perspective, but, hey, there's parts of this thing that, you know, it's not at a track every day. It's, it's right. at a farm and it's building relationships and all those things. So it just – and really, that's what I fell in love with. I, you know, I hate, I, I absolutely love the animal. But for me, I came into it purely from a handicapping perspective, and then just having my mind blown away by the business aspects of everything. And then, as I got to learn more and develop more and have more work experiences, really, a love of the horse followed, which I think is is probably a different course than a lot of people you know, taken into this business. Well, it, you know, it is, it is interesting that you say that. And then I want to go back for a second because a lot of our audience don't know when you say I went to work the sale. What does that mean when you, when you work the sale? So for me, you know, they're basically like, Hey, this kid's 17. He's never touched a horse in his life. I was basically just a groom with mares. Um, so, you know, I'd be, you know, there's a lot of different, facets of a, of a consignment especially one as large as as tailor-made but i was basically just you know people wanted to come look at whatever mare we had i was responsible for basically getting them out of their stall making sure they were clean shuttling them out to the show person who then showed them to a prospective client you know making sure everybody that needed to see it so just one very small part of a, you know what is a, a very large operation obviously but it was just you know, but I was just eating up with it, and it was a way for me to get involved, have this first kind of touch point with everything that that could be possible. Um, so yeah, just very like literally just a groom at, at the consignment uh, was how I started. That's pretty amazing, so, Michelle. I know you have a lot of questions. Go. 
Well, Philip, right off of that, uh, how did you kind of convince TaylorMade then? So your dad calls up and he's like, hey, my son is the worst employee. <laughs> I want you to take him. You get there. You're absolutely enamored. And you're like, oh, wait, I want to do something. At what point do the tailors say, yeah, I think you can be a good employee. And it's not just like, oh, no, we've now been uh, shafted with this terrible person. <laughs> so uh, what I always tell everybody was the requirement for, uh, for my co-op class was that you had to submit your pay stubs. Well, I don't think my dad was paying me anything. So all I had to do was get a secretary to basically sign off that I was showing up. Um, <laughs> which any this. of you that have been seniors in high school, that's probably not a uh, not anything surprising. So, you know, really for me, it was an opportunity to show that, like, hey, one, I showed up to work every day. Which anybody that's been at the sale, you know, if you show up and you give a good faith effort, um, that automatically moves you up into a, a certain percentage of the sales help. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it was really just, I need to learn. You have so much to learn. And what I would say is like horses have an unbelievable way of humbling you no matter how much you, you think, you know. Um, and so it was just a really long course. Like I basically went to school and at, at university of Louisville for a year and continued to work the sales. I had to go to all my teachers. The first week said, Hey, I'm going to work week one of September. I had to get clearance to miss class. Wow. Um, worked the January sale when I was still in high school. And then I said, you know what? I just like love this too much. I can't not give it a go. So I'm back and worked at the farm for six months. And it was right at the time of the global financial crisis. And basically like there were, we were having dispersals. The farm was like, are we going to lease this property anymore? And the market just consolidated. And I said, Ooh, this might not be what I thought it was. Um, and needless to say, like working on a farm isn't the most glamorous kind of job so i went back to school i coached you swimming in the interim that's like working with with um not not to get off on a tangent but um you know working with kids was something i'd coached swimming i've been involved in swimming my whole life coach swimming was going to be a middle school teacher and i coached mark taylor's son in swimming so he'd seen it he's like hell every time i come to this meet this guy all he's doing is harassing me about horse stuff <laughs> and um <laughs> He's like, uh, you know, and now working with him, I'm probably like, he's like, geez, the weekend is like the one chance I get not to have to, to answer all that. But I was getting married and I said, you know what? Coaching swimming is not a conducive way to be a newlywed. Like it's three 30 to five or three 30 to eight 30 every night. I would be teaching during the day. Um, and I still felt like I never really got the chance to pursue it. So they said, Hey, you can come out and you can be a groom again at the farm. And, um, yeah, I think I was like 26 years old, still didn't have a lot of hands-on experience. I knew a lot more about racing and I'd been involved. I, you know, I was a, a much better employee at that point, but it was really just a growth opportunity for me. And, and they just said, Hey, we're going to take a chance. You can come out here and do this. And there's no guarantees of anything. And, um, luckily after about 20 months, um, there was a position that opened up in the office. I think that they kind of created, for me, because they basically said, hey, you know, you're a good farm employee, you show up, but, you know, we're not utilizing your specific skill set. And then a year later, we started Medallion, so the, and the rest is wow. history. But um, it's been a it's so, been a great run, and so i wasn't very in the, appreciative to the Taylors. It wasn't in the swimming department at TaylorMade? That's not where the job was created for you? Wait, do you guys swim uh, no. horses at TaylorMade? We, we don't swim any on TaylorMade, but we do swim some. We'll send uh, quite a few to, like, Kesmark 
or something like that for prep or one that has an injury or, uh, but we don't have a pool at, at TaylorMade. I so, think... Philip, when you were, when you, I mean, it's kind of bold, right, to be 26 years old and take a job as a groom on a farm. What were you hoping to learn from that? And where were you hoping it would take you? Like knowing, okay, something in racing, but you maybe weren't sure, or did you have an idea of what you might want that to lead to? I would say I got very, very, very lucky. Um, you know, one, I was getting married. My wife was incredibly supportive. She basically said, hey, you know, this is what you're most passionate about. And she said, you you have to make a go of it or you're always going to regret it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just realized, like, how lucky I was to have that support system. Um, and my, my wife was in, like, getting her, getting her doctorate uh, in physical therapy. So, I mean, we lived very lean for for two years um, until she, she until she graduated. So I think when I wanted to start, it was really just like I just want an opportunity to go out and prove myself, and then it's on me to make the most of it. Um, mm-hmm. And I did feel like I saw an opportunity that, you know, TaylorMade is this big operation. It's a lot of family members. You're never sure how much growth there really is or how much is there really a ceiling for you. Mm-hmm. But – I definitely felt like we have this unbelievable sales consignment where we lack is a lot of the guys are so focused on recruiting horses off the track. They're so focused on yearlings. They're so focused on weanlings that some that we can lose touch where this big thing. We lose touch with like the actual end product. You know, what's yep. the best thing for us is when we sell a big yearling and it goes out and wins, wins a big race, you know, like mm-hmm. this year, it's like we sold Jackie's warrior. Well, I mean, he could win the breeders cup sprint. He's, the best three-year-old sprinter in the country. Like, you know, it's, it's all of, all of these things that that's the best thing for us, but to really get into a more day-to-day involvement with racing, it definitely felt like a void. And that really became the genesis of medallion. And, and they said, Hey, you know, you're really the, the only person in this company that, you know, we think is like living and breathing racing, not just from a, how does it affect tailor-made perspective? Right. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Philip Shelton joining us here on the owner's box. Uh, the uh, We'll call him the racing manager. And I, I like head, head of medallion racing because yeah. you really do run it. Um, and yeah. you, you kind of answered my question that I was going to come up with. But I, I would love to if I'm a fly on the wall and you're you're pitching uh, um, medallion to mark uh, taylor and whoever else is in there what what's what was that the kind of pitch that you just had or or did they come to you and how did what was the true when it when it actually happened what was that like give us the scoop you know i think that it, it really started like i'll give mark credit mark's the one that came up with the concept we had kind of brainstormed you know basically what had happened was we had bought california chrome the year before and a bunch of our right. normal investors slash owners got involved really more for the breeding side than the, than the racing side. All that happened was they went and won the Dubai world cup. They ran second, the breeders cup. They were out on the stallion side of everything before he ever bred his first mayor. Um, and they said, Hey, this racing stuff's kind of easy. We should expand on it. Uh, and I just said, please don't judge me on California Chrome because that's <laughs> unbelievable. You know, that's an unbelievably high bar. Yeah. But I think that, and, and then the next year we had done a deal right before the Kentucky ocean. We bought into Catherine Sophia. Um, same thing. We basically just pieced it out. And what we realized was those deals are so hard to do because you've got to try to get everybody on the hook in advance. And then 
you may call people and you say, hey, we think this mayor's worth X, and they're like, well, we want 2X. And you basically just wasted everybody's time. Right. So we just said, hey, is there a way that we can pre-raise the money, go out, bind all these high-level horses, and create this you know, incredibly high-level experience for our investors? Um, but I get full credit to Marcus. He's really the one that, that created that. And, and as we got closer to like proof of concept, you know, we had a lot of meetings and talked about it. And um, originally it was going to be kind of me and Marshall, who is Mar- Mark's nephew, who's great. Marshall kind of went into a different direction of um, kind of what he wanted to do within the company. So it really left this void where it was going to be kind of a two-man team. And then it really just shifted into, into kind of a one-man thing. And, um, you know, it's just well, knock it's on been, wood. We've been yeah, very appreciative it, of it, all well, the it's yeah, been an amazing experience. Oh, well, obviously, like, you, don't, you don't want to be judged off just California Chrome. So what, what, who is your next horse after Chrome? And how do you go about sourcing your horses? Uh, it, it is your business model, if I'm not mistaken, that you're buying ready-made racehorses that are already proven yeah. or going to be proven relatively soon. That, you know, you're not, you're not buying them as babies and trying to make them. Yeah, so I mean, we got the next two horses we basically bought were Selcourt, who ended up winning the, you know, she won the Santa Monica by open links, ran like a two ragazin. You know, she was the next horse we bought off of her maiden win. And then we bought Bo Recall, um, was the next horse. So we just got very fortunate. The two horses we bought into took us to incredible highs because we definitely had plenty that we bought that haven't worked that way. Um, but it just kind of allowed us to hit the ground running. So, Mm-hmm. there's no really specific formula. I think for us, what we want is we want horses that can compete at the greatest stakes level. So for right. me, everything I'm looking at is, can this horse be a greatest stake horse? And within that, you know, we have a, we basically have a, a strategy and a, you know, a diversity of, of what we want with, you know, some horses we buy, we may buy one for a hundred thousand or 150,000 from Europe. That's a complete flyer that, Hey, this thing may come up. We have one now. She's a 12, five claimer. Uh, she didn't, she didn't make it, but we've had some that have worked. So we have some that are, are very high risk, high reward. We have some that are low risk, low reward. We just, you know, bought into Bella Sophia. We, she's a great one winner. We paid, um, you know, a lot of money, but it's, it's very low risk. The upside's not triple your money or anything like that, but you know, she's a horse that's going to be second favorite in the breeder's cup. So it's really just trying to create a portfolio that's diversified. That gives us a chance if one of our, our low, um, you know, our high risk, high reward hits, then mm-hmm. can pay for a bunch of the other ones and, and the low risk ones. If they don't work, we don't get crushed on the backside. And it's really just a unique thing. You know, what, what we realized was, Hey, we don't want to be competing with little red feather, all these other partnerships that are, are pros and they do this yearling to race thing, two year old to race thing. Mm-hmm. They do it so good that we're not ready for that. We, we have a yearling partnership this year. It's relatively small and it's more or less in-house clients. We're going to try to grow that, but you know, we, we weren't ready for that at the beginning. We felt like, Hey, we can identify these racehorses. We have a big advantage in the fact that Taylor may can sell them on the back end, So we can do a little bit of, you know, different things with pricing that we think make it, make it a more investor friendly, um, you know, model, mm-hmm. but we're just in a unique position. And, we've, and, you know, knock on wood, like I said, we've just been very fortunate uh, that we've had a lot of great support from, from our investors and from our partners, you know, like I'll give Billy a lot of credit. We were buying a steel account. So they jumped in, you know, without people like that, mm-hmm. it's hard. Uh, it's hard to build this thing and do everything, you know, that you want to do 
and we've just been very fortunate. We've had a lot of great people, you know, put their faith in us, and um, and oh, hopefully we can uh, we can get lucky. Here that in a was not a paid weeks. ad, by the way, Michelle. I think when you yeah, yeah, I think when you are buying horses too, a lot of people look at like residual value. For you, when you're looking at a horse and giving it a valuation, is it like, okay, if we're going to buy a horse, but she can run the Breeders' Cup, we're happy to spend more money, not necessarily because she'll make more as a broodmare, but because we're going to have the opportunity to run in the Breeders' Cup? So what I would say for me, what I always look at is what are we paying, and then what has to happen for her to be worth that or positive? And okay. I try to figure out what are the what's the likelihood. You know what I would tell you is if Bella Sophia won the Breeders' Cup, it's going to be a great deal, both experientially right. and financially. Right. But she can be the second choice, so it's not like it's a completely unlikely scenario. For other right. fillies, we may say, hey, she's a listed stakes winner right now. In order for us to turn a profit, we need her to win a Grade Three, uh-huh. um, which winning any race is hard. Winning graded stakes is even harder. Um, you know, and that's kind of how we look at it. It's just what has to happen for us to be in a position to make money and hopefully we can have a great experience along the way. And, and really we just, the biggest thing for me is I want to find the horses that I really love that I can go to war with. Mm-hmm. And I want to let that be the guide on the price. What I don't want to do is say, Oh, well, I think this one's kind of cheap or it's a discount right. that I don't love. Sure. And so buy like, that I- one. those ones do not, those ones don't work. So like, for example, this is going to be a crazy low number, but just say it. I, I own Jackie's Warrior and pretend he's a gelding. And I'm like, I'll sell him to you for a million dollars. Is it worth it to you to buy a horse for a million dollars the gelding knowing that he's most likely going to win the Breeders' Cup? So you're like paying no. for the experience only. No, that's not – it's asking. mostly – We only – No. Yeah, we only do fillies, so that yeah. was an easy one. Okay. You hit me a layup because <laughs> we don't – we only do fillies. Okay. So what I would say is, is we don't mind paying – a. I mean, we're paying a premium on everything premium. we buy. Very little that we buy – is broodmare value and if they are i try to i can't sign on the dotted line fast enough for the most part um so it's really just finding the right deal and finding the right horse finding the right training a lot of times we're just buying a minority so having a good working relationship with the existing connections is really important you know how do we work through all the all the details um because that's something that you know you're gonna we're gonna have to deal with every day until that horse sells um and not only so that all Phil, those things we not only that the, most of the horses you're buying are these exciting graded stakes horses that you want to talk about every single day right you want to talk to those i mean you know you and i've talked three times today yeah. about a horse possibly going in the breeders cup right so it's it's also fun yeah yeah for sure it's you know it's there, there is an experience that. Sorry, we're, I'm leaving the house. We have a, a walkthrough on our house. Just time perfectly <laughs> That's for this. Okay, no um, worries. No worries. We have a couple more questions. Let's, upgrading his house right now. Yeah, let's. Of how good they're doing. Before you, before yeah. you get no, in your no, car. I mean, let's let's talk about Breeders' Cup because it's right around the corner. And and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you have. Well, now with Bella Sophia. You have Bella Sophia. You have possibly a still a Toso in the Philly Mare Sprint. You have going to Vegas, who just won the Grade One Rodeo Drive. Who else is going in uh, from Medallion that you have pieces of in the Breeders' Cup? And with, on top of those those three, which we haven't made an official decision on a Stilo yet, we have Horologist, who's going to run in the Distaff, um, who just ran second the Bell Dame, and then we have potentially Charmaine's Mia. Um, oh sure. In the turf, the turf sprint. I, I'm not sure she's going to get in. Oh, um, she's in she on points. Default, 
I just did the whole. I just did a whole analysis for that race, Phil. You're in. All right. Well, I don't. Um, I don't want to be on Billy's bad list. Um, <laughs> but we, um, we, you know, if she doesn't get in, she'll go into the Ken Matty right um, on on the undercard on Friday. So you know, those would be five. And and you know, for us, we only have ten horses in training. So you know, fifty percent Breeders' Cup starters to to horses is is pretty good. But I'd say that's um, pretty dang again, good. What? You know, I've seen some of the marketing material for Medallion. Obviously, you post a lot on Twitter and stuff like that. Is is Medallion an open partnership? Can anybody call you up and say, "Hey, I'd like to join"? Yeah. So what what we do, um, and I think that what's, other your, people, what's your son's name again? You know, Phil? Other people that's, do. That's talking yeah, in the background. He's, he's he's Keen. Yeah, we his, his name's Keen, just like Keenland. So he's born into a, a racing family. There you oh. go. Hey, Keen. He's got to fully embrace it. Does he want to um, be on the pod? Yeah, he's got. Yeah, we we have our dog in the car because we have to leave our house for the walkthrough, <laughs> and he is like he absolutely loves it. He doesn't know what to do when the, when the dog's in the car with him. Uh, so he he's happy. Fifty percent strike rate—that's yeah, pretty dang good. So for us, you know, and this let's be honest, partnership nope. this year was the our partnership last two years. Well, uh oh, uh oh. We're cutting off. Phil drove away from the neighborhood. Okay, come back. Your partnership lasts two years. Yeah. And everybody gets a piece of every horse. Right. So if you own 5% of our total partnership, then, and we own 50% of any given horse, then you own 2.5% of that horse. You get 2.5% of any revenue, 2.5% of any expenses. And we just set it up so that there's no no bills, there's no cash calls. We manage it. Eventually, we're going to sell the horses. So even if it runs slightly negative for a period, we have TaylorMade as a backstop. Um, we just set it up. You know, what I want is I want people to say yes. If I'm like, hey, we're running in the grade two Bell Dame at Belmont on Sunday. Who wants to go? Right. Me. You know, I don't yeah, want Michelle people does. to have to worry about the the day-to-day of like, man, I just got my van bill or I just got X or right. I just got this. It's just, hey, we want you to just go have fun, have the experience of your life, and hopefully we've set it up so that the financials aren't crazy. Um, like and, most things you know, in I this think, sport. Yeah. you know, I think, We, we won't I get think into that. You know, yeah, well, what I would tell you is I'm brutally honest with anybody that calls us. I say, hey, if you were doing this to make money, just I, we're not the right fit for you. Um, with that said, you know, our goal is the model we think reduces the risk. It takes away what it does is it takes away the home run. It takes away the 0 for 4 game with four strikeouts. And, you know, we're, we're, we're that guy that, you know, we're like the, uh, I was going to say Trey Turner, but he actually hits a bunch of home runs. We're (laughs) that guy that, you know, we're that 300 hitter, not a power hitter. We're having a ton of fun and we're taking away the extremes. Um, and we, we love that model. Like, we think that the way that we're doing it, we absolutely love it. Our partners have loved it. We've, you know, we're trying to expand the experience part. We had our first investor weekend out at Del Mar um, this year. We're doing an investor weekend at, at Keeneland uh, in two weeks. And we're going to do one at Royal Ascot next year. So we're trying to just expand this way and let, you know, let people have this experience at the highest level of the sport. You well, know, Philip, if you need a hey. host or a handicapper, I know one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's we, right. You know, too. I could do it too, but Phil doesn't like when I'm around his clients. Yeah, hey, I, I like 
if if you can get Billy in a top hat and tails, uh, that might be worth <laughs> worth worth paying the price of admission. I just uh, more importantly, I want to go back to the swimming fill. Like you're not a small guy. Like were you were you? Yeah. I mean the the swimming thing. Were you were you a, a a long distance swimmer or like a short kind of fast swimmer? I yeah, I did butterfly and backstroke, um, and I was more definitely a hundred percent more of a sprinter. What I would say is that um, my wife will tell you that I probably just take things way too far all the time. But I, when I get into something, I get, like, really into it, into, like, the granular details. So what I would tell you is I was a way better coach than I was a swimmer. There you go. Because I spent a ton of time thinking about what are the seven steps that have to happen to make this child or teenager or whatever age they were become better and excel. Um, and I – I think that's crossed right over to, you know, to horses that, you know, when we're buying something, what is the potential plan of attack for a race schedule? Where are the opportunities? Like, you know, to talk about a Stila, we felt like, hey, if we could win a graded stake, we were going to be in this really good opportunity. And there was a grade three in a month's time at Belmont that we felt like it's right there for us um to do and then it's just courting out a path to try to improve our value set her up well if we want to take a run at the breeders cup or go into a sale or all that so i think some of those things definitely translate but you know i would definitely tell you that a lot of times for me it's just getting into the granular details of, of things that are where i can excel i'm god has blessed me with an incredible memory uh that is absolutely nothing i've worked for or done um <laughs> But I just, we're going to call you also tell you that that she said, well, she would also tell you that doesn't translate to anything uh, related to our house or taking out garbage (laughs) or anything like that. It's just about who won a Breeders' Cup race or who won this race two months ago at Saratoga. Um, But, you know, I think Uh, that's a lot of great. I just heard the dog. Michelle, you have one more question. Yeah. Philip, we, I want to just know about what was your favorite experience with medallions, uh, a race that you've done or, or anything like that? Yeah, I, I would say I have a, I have a couple. Um, the, the first would have been uh, Bo Recall in 2019 won the Distaff Turf Mile, and my wife was like 10 weeks pregnant at the time, and we hadn't really told anybody. We told a couple of our investors. We hadn't even told our parents yet. And we told a couple of our investors because they were there and they're like, this is weird that Taylor's not drinking. Like something's got to be up. <laughs> um, not that she's an alcoholic. She just likes to have fun at a party. And, um, and you know, my wife and my unborn son got to be in the winner's circle. And, you know, that's, that's our family horse. Like she, that filly laid it on the line for us time okay. and time and time again. It's my wife's favorite horse. Um, she always says, we ever have another son, you know, he'll be named Bo. Oh, that's cool. I love that. So, so I, I would say her win in, in, in 2019 was just something that, you know, we had a lot of people, people there, like my, uh, my boss, he went to Clemson. We had at the time, what was the Clemson offensive coordinator? Jeff Scott was there. Um, it was just this really cool thing where it's like, and, and everybody knows this on these big days, a lot of times it's disappointing, right? Only one horse out of 12 can win a race. Mm-hmm. And so all these people go and get ready, and chances are most of them leave disappointed. But to get to be that one, you know, those, that one group that was, 
you know, on, on what was the biggest day of racing was Derby day, you know, of the year, uh, was, was unreal. And then, um, you know, the, the other, the other one I would say is definitely Ascot. Like we ran a Philly Apple cross in 2019 as well, like six weeks after we won. And we had a, only one couple that went, they were going over for a wedding and it was really short notice. We bought this Philly like three weeks before the race with, we were going to bring her over. But that was like something unlike anything I've ever experienced with just the pageantry of Royal Ascot and the excitement level. Um, and basically, you know, I'd tell our guys, I'm like, if you love horse racing, you would do one like bucket list thing. That is it. Like yeah. there is nothing like it in the world. And to have a runner, you know, in a race at Royal Ascot was just something like our horse ran 22nd. It basically rained about what felt like 20 inches. It felt <laughs> like I was needed to start building an arc, um, not to drown. And our Philly couldn't stand up in the slot, but just, was just something unlike anything else. And, and, you know, I think we have a good group of, of people that are basically signed up, you know, to go next year. Um, you know, we'll all keep our fingers crossed that. All right. Well, maybe uh, international travel is a lot easier. Yeah. Maybe, but maybe, uh, we'll join little red feather. will join you. Maybe we should do a horse and hey. you'll get me in a top hat. Yeah. Now, we've done many horses together. Yeah, Philip Shelton right. is a great person. I, I enjoy his company. I met his wife the and other a great day. Parent, obviously. What's that? And a great parent taking his kid. Well, I was going to say, like best of dog. luck with, with Keen and, and hopefully down the line, Bo. If it's a girl, can we still call her Bo? That's like still a great name. Yeah, it might be Belle. Bo, I think, is the French version of Handsome, and Belle would be the, the, the feminine version oh, of Bo. Oh, perfect. So we'll, uh, we'll, see, we'll see what happens. All right, perfect. Philip Shelton, continued success with Medallion Racing. You can go check him out, medallionracing.com. We will see a lot of Phil and his medallion partners at Breeders' Cup with five potential runners. Exciting times, Phil. Thanks for taking the time with us today. Thanks so much, Phil. Yeah, yeah thanks, Billy. Thanks, Michelle. I appreciate it. You guys have a great night. We'll see you soon. You too. Phil Shelton here on the owner's box. And we'll be right back after this. Michelle, I don't know if you know this. Yeah, but both Midnight Storm with Great Escape and Not This Time with Max Time will be represented by horses in this Saturday's Grade 1 Breeders Futurity at Keeneland. Did you know that? I know. Very exciting. I heard you bid on that horse. Mm, need a little more money. Michelle, here's a question. Here's a question. Did you know that Not This Time has 10 stakes winners in 2021? More stakes winners than, let me, ready for this? Warfront, Quality Road, More Than Ready, Street Sense, Twirling Candy, and many more. How about that? Yep. Well, we just talked about in a mischief, so good for not this time. How about check out Instagram and Instilled Regard for the upcoming breeding season. Both stallions were supported very heavily by OXO equine mares, including, ready for this, Michelle? Ready for this list? Breeders' Cup champion Blue Prize. Grade 1 stakes winner Concrete Rose and Indian Miss. Dam of recent Grade 1 winner Hot Rod Charlie, who we're going to talk about in a little bit. And Breeders' Cup chimp sprint champion Matoli, along with Grade 1 winner Cambier Park. Maiden, a maiden. <laughs> multiple graded stakes winner Bo Recall and many more Instagram instilled regard midnight storm not this time all standing at TaylorMade contact Travis White at his office 859-885-3345 to get involved
back here on the owner's box, uh, Michelle, great guest, Philip Shelton. He's he is extremely analytical and he's good at what he does. And you can tell you can smell the passion. You know, he just loves this stuff. Well, I think, too, Billy, like we've had him on a couple of years back. Many, I like 13 like years ago. I learned ago. a lot more about uh, not only Philip, but just about Medallion um, well, you know, than I did at that time. You know what is because we had him on right when they started. And I think right. one of the things we partnered up with them on a horse, her name was Insta Irma. Uh, and I think that's right when Medallion started. And I think even in these past few years, they have gone to new heights and, and done different things. And I think Phil's learning as he goes. And I think everything you heard today was a kind of a manifestation of what he has uh, uh, learned from the horse racing industry throughout starting as a groom and, and working to tailor made in the office and now doing medallion. I think it's a, a credit to him and a credit to Mark Taylor, as he said, for setting up this group. And I think they, it's a, it's a really interesting concept and uh, they do a good job. I mean, five out yeah. of 10 horses in the Breeders' Cup is pretty damn good. That's awesome. And well, meanwhile, everyone else just wants one, right? <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm trying so um, hard. What's up? What What do we got? Okay. What, what's the uh, week in review? We have three I've points of note. Here, okay? Oh, wait, wait. Say it again because I was talking over you. I've got like 10 things of note here. Okay, so we want to do 10 things of note today? 10 things know, of I note. Pick five. five, okay? All right, pick the top five because no one wants to hear us talk. Okay, so first of all, it's kind of sad. Jimmy Bell is actually going to be retiring at the end of the year. That's our guy. Um, it's our guy, right? So you, I'm sure you've listened to the show. So you heard that Jimmy Bell, who was the um, the head of Godolphin or of Jonah Bell, basically the Bell family owned Jonah Bell Farm and then Sheikh Mohammed purchased it. And he's pretty much run Team Godolphin for the last 20 plus years. Yeah. And now he is going to retire. Yeah, good for him. You know what? So Michael Michael Banahan is who's currently the director of farm operations and the longest serving Darley slash Godolphin USA USA employee will now be okay. Jimmy Bell. If, if you're <laughs> listening to the show now, look on our archives and listen to the Jimmy Bell podcast. It's really really good. It's you awesome. will learn a lot about horse racing, Godolphin, John Abel, the whole world. It was right before the Derby, I believe, because they had essential quality. Um, and I highly, highly recommend listening to that, that interview. He was great. Yeah, I agree. Um, also I just got to give some mad props out to La Trusca because <laughs> obviously it was opening weekend at Keeneland. There were phenomenal races. We could talk about every one of them, but La Trusca is just the gift that keeps on giving. She's pretty awesome. Yeah. She, uh, she won again in hand. I read Ortiz aboard. It was an armchair ride and she will go off as a uh, heavy favorite in the Breeders' Cup. What are they calling it this na- nowadays? Distaff? Distaff. Not so Ladies Classic I mean, there's anymore? There's no girl for her to face, right? No, she's like, not running. I, I know. That's what I'm saying. She's, there's no Monomoy Oh, I thought girl. you said that she's going to run against Monomoy. <laughs> no, there's no Monomoy girl for her to face. There like, you go. This, this is a very and, – and, you know, this is like a small yeah. a small team victory, right? Yes, exactly. There this was is... talk that she might run in the Classic, but I think they've pretty much kiboshed that. Yeah, they put the kibosh on that. Bye-bye. All right. All right. Um, one horse missing the Breeders' Cup, by the way, is going to be Sconson. So she was originally a possibility for the Philly and Mare Turf. No, or, I'm sorry, sprint, Philly and Mare sprint, 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 Sprint. Sorry, I'm reading my sorry. reading six things at once. Uh, for the turf, I almost said it again for the Sprint. Um, and they decided not to run. She's going to stay home and run at Churchill instead. Do you know who's running in the Breeders' Cup Philly and Mare Sprint? You ready for this? It's Gamin, Bella Sophia, Edgeway, Cece, and maybe Bell's the one. 
That's five. And, and maybe uh, Estilo Talentoso. And maybe Estilo Talentoso. So a field of six. Now, interestingly enough, it's it's a great field of six because yeah. I think I mean obviously Gamine is you know head and shoulders. She won the race last year. She's unbelievable. Give her all the credit of the world. Bella Sophia is very sharp right now, and she's very fast. Edgeway sharp. CC sharp. And Bell's the one, obviously, just won the TCA, the grade uh, grade two at Keeneland on opening weekend and, and punched her ticket. But they're thinking she might not go either. Well, It'll be a you know small and talented field. Them? What's that? About, like, we have we have Gamine, who's speed, right? We've got, like, a mid-pack runner. We've got Bell's the one who's the late close. Like, there's there's a horse for every split, I guess you can say. I think Bella Sophia is pretty fast, and she has to go with Gamine, right? Right, right. Well... Oh. If Johnny V's riding Gamine, he can't play games. None of this crap like we no, saw from him at uh, Saratoga and, yeah. and sitting on her and sit, like we're not saving. Set. No, yeah, he's gonna he's right? gonna roll. I agree. I agree. Okay. Uh, also, something pretty cool that I saw was that the University of Louisville, who has you know the uh, equine business program, they have an equine industry um, speaker seminar type thing, and it's going to be a three part series oh. called. How can racing grow through a diversity and inclusion? Hmm. And we've talked about that on the show. Yes, we um, have. You know, and so Greg Harbutt. They are going. It's going to be moderated by Alicia Hughes, who um, was formerly of the NTRA, and Jason Wilson, who's a CEO of First Content. So he oversees the media and stuff for San Diego, Laurel, Gulfstream, Himlico, Golden Gate. Um, he's going to be on there. He was originally he was at Equibase. I know he was at um, America's Best Racing. So I think it's really cool. Him and Ron Mack, who has Legacy Equine Academy, um, they're going to be doing some speaking. So I just I think that's great that we're going to have some very cool panels yeah. like that. Maybe we get them on the show. Something different. Yeah, maybe bring them on the show. I think that's Always. cool, Michelle. Right. Good, good point of note. Um, and that that's those are my those are your one, key points of notes. Four. Those are my four things of note. Although the OBS October yearling sale is going on right now, and do you know who the current sales topper is? Uh, yes, Michelle. It happens to be TaylorMade Stallions Midnight Storm. That's exactly right. Ding ding ding. That's our. That was going to be in our commercial. So our commercial oh, that we're going to do. Sorry. Yeah, I that's okay. Know. No, it's okay. They got dual dual commercials today uh, for TaylorMade Stallions. Contact Travis White. I'm just. Kidding. <laughs> We'll do it. We'll do it over. What's uh, uh, Michelle? What is your kind of now? It, it, horse racing kind of goes into a quiet time right now. It's the calm before the storm. Pre-entries for the Breeders' Cup are on the twenty-fifth. I believe they choose the fields on the twenty-seventh. The draws, I believe, November first. Um, what does your Breeders' Cup week look like? So my Breeders' Cup week is going to be doing the Breakfast with the Works show um, that week. I don't know if I'm going to be at Del Mar or at Santa Anita, just because we'll have so many horses in both places. Um, and then Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, I will be on the World Feed for oh, Breeders' Cup. Right. Oh, right. I forgot you do the World Feed. That's fantastic. So you are very busy. Is there, uh, is there a, a horse other than Latruska that right now we're, what, three weeks out, four weeks out? Um, is there a horse other than Latruska that you're like, this horse is a lock. I can't wait to see this horse run. I mean, I can't wait to see Jackie warrior, Jackie's warrior run again. And to be perfectly frank with you, Um, I I want you to lie to me. I was, well, that's why I said not honest. I just said Frank. Um, you know, I watched him in Saratoga. He was super impressive. He had that super easy prep at parks. Um, incredible. 
So I am really looking forward to seeing him in this race. I also right now think that the Breeders' Cup Classic is going to be sensational. I know we're four weeks out or th- whatever I said, three weeks out. Um, and you haven't seen – let me. how many weeks are we from Saturday? One, two, three weeks from Saturday is the Breeders' Cup. I no know you way. Ha- yeah, I know you haven't seen um, everybody in the flesh and how they ship and all that kind of stuff. But if if your life depended on it right now, who wins the British no. Cup Classic? No, yes. I can't. You know all the I horses. Can't. Who wins? Go ahead. You you say first. I will. Okay. Oh, well, let's do two things. Well, okay. because it's really hard for me because obviously we have to mention Bill Strauss on every podcast. He listens to the show and gets upset if we don't talk about him. So um, let's just say that in my heart, I am rooting for Hot Rod Charlie. I will say that. Right. Um, it's also, uh, by the way, Larry Colmus's birthday today. So when I he listens to this tomorrow, happy birthday, Larry. Um, I'm, I think I think right now I'm rooting for Hot Rod Charlie, and I think if I had to pick a winner right now, it'd be Nick's go. Really? Yeah. I mean, you know, obviously I root for Hot Rod Charlie, my heart is all for Medina Spirit just because of the places that we've we've been able to go with him this year. Right. I I I I prefer Essential Quality to Nick's Go. Nick's Go, but he's just so undynamic. <laughs> he really, he's like the ultimate he's plotter. So workmanlike. Like no offense. Like he's a workmanlike horse. If he was like a small time connection, you'd probably be like, oh, he's just such a nice little right. grinder. But, like, I just expect with his connections he should be, like, more flashy. Kind of, in his yeah, it'd be kind of cool for Jimmy Bell to go out on top, huh? Oh, my gosh. that Wouldn't that be great for yeah, them? What a, great. what a perfect ending to, you know, the, the Jimmy Bell legacy. Absolutely. Michelle, what's um, coming up at uh, Santa Anita this week? So, this week is the 15th, 16th. Okay, so the 15th is um, the Charity First Handicapping Challenge. And then the 16th is the California Distaff, but it's also the Santa Anita Pick'em Contest, and it's Pinktober with Pink's Hot Dogs benefiting the American Cancer oh, Society. that's so cool. I love Pink's. Yep. I know, right? And that's so that's Saturday only. And then both days of the weekend, they're going to have the infield open. They had it open last week um, for kids, and it was a blast. My kids were out there jumping on the jumpers and sliding oh, cool. on the slides and um, playing with ponies and everything and then also um the california flag handicap on sunday where is that can you pitch that poker tournament again like we did last week for people yeah, who haven't signed up yet i think it's on the, the 24th or 23rd honor. it's the 23rd actually okay. and it's going to be after the races i think i'm going to um, play in that yeah i think ryan is too okay actually. cool so Folds of Honor is great. It's awarded more than 35,000 scholarships to the families of men and women who have fallen or been disabled when serving our country. So you give it's a $300 donation for the buy-in, right? Right. And you get a full day of races, the night of No Limit Texas Hold'em, including bounty prizes, splash pools, a champion's bracelet, and a grand prize to the winner. You get drink tickets. There's going to be food stations. There's a silent auction. Um, and then guests can come just to watch the event or participate for 50 bucks. But so it's $300 is the buy-in okay. slash donation. Awesome. And That's the 23rd, the, um, 23rd. And you can, the, can, you can go to the Santa Anita website, right? Yeah. So okay. you can go to SantaAnita.com and, uh, sign up to play. Just also want to mention some of the silent auction items because this is a fresh uh, thing that they've posted. There are Clipper Lakers tickets in a luxury box with parking, Ooh. four Kings tickets on the glass with Ooh. parking, 
four LA Chargers tickets. Ooh, um, little, little Herb, Herbert. You love Herbert. How about this? You love Herbert. Sit for a day in Doug O'Neill's suite with Doug O'Neill at Santa Anita. <laughs> that'll be fun. I mean, that'll be fun. He's winning races hand over fist. Do you too. have a crush on Justin um, Herbert or no? Who? Justin Herbert, the quarterback for the Chargers. Oh, I figured you'd is, love him. Is he cute? No. All right. No. I don't even know what he looks like. You're still Do a I Tom Brady fan? You're still into Tom Brady? I mean, I'm a big Gronkowski fan. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, Gronkowski. He's killed me with his stupid busted ribs. <laughs> Anyways, uh, also Angels <laughs> tickets, San Mobile gift package, a private poker game by the poker people, and also there's a 2022 Pegasus World Cup pe- package as well. Oh, that's cool. That's awesome. Well, a lot of stuff coming up. Michelle, I miss you. I'm going to be home uh, a week from Friday, so I will Good, see I you. I have a gift for you. You have a gift Even though me. I had to tell you about it because you wouldn't give me your address. You think I'm like a stalker or something. <laughs> Thank you for I've my gift. I've been to your house. Like I could, I could find it. I just don't know the address <laughs> to put on your package. Thank you for my gift, whatever it is. I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to see you. I can't wait to get back home. And I can't wait for those last couple weekends at Santa Anita and then going down to Del Mar for Breeders' Cup. It's going to be an amazing Breeders' Cup. And, Did you get a place uh, to stay? Or are you staying at the hotel? I'm staying at my same place I had this summer. Okay, cool. Yeah, so it's going to be awesome. Uh, special thanks to uh, Philip Shelton from Medallion Racing. That's medallionracing.com for coming on and joining us today. And uh, for all of our sponsors, Santa Anita and Delmar and um, uh, TaylorMade Stallions, of course. And we are part of the In the Media. In the Money. In the Money Media Network. In the Money Media Network. I always screw that up, Michelle. Say it right. No, jeez. In, in the, the Money, money In the Money Media. Uh, JK, P- Pete. Uh, and the rest of the crew, everybody does a great job. I ran into Nick Luck, Michelle, at uh, at uh, at Keeneland, and he just gave me a big hug. He's like, hey, we're on the same network. <laughs> That's pretty fancy. You don't just run into Nick Luck. I did. He was in That's the paddock, nice. and I just ran into him. Literally no. ran into him. Literally knocked him over, sat yeah. on his chest. Not figuratively. I literally ran into him. Uh, <laughs> anyway, Michelle, you're the best. Thank you for doing this. We'll have another guest next week, uh, and we'll be back. Uh, we'll be back in about a week. Thanks. Awesome. All right. Bye.